adding, this is going to work perfect. You thought you were going to trick me, didn't you? Going to have to get up real early to get past me. The, uh, this is going to work great. Let's start with reading Psalm 23 together as a congregation. Rylan, would you pull that up for us, please? All right, let's share together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Thank you for sharing that with me. Now, kids, this blanket, that's a beautiful blanket. I love everything about it. Got a beautiful family and friends on there and all sorts of great, great things going on. Now, there is a story in the Bible. It's in Acts chapter 10, in Acts chapter 10. Now, before we talk about Acts chapter 10, we need to know a couple of things. And that is, there was a man named Abraham. Have you ever heard of the guy named Abraham before? Right? Yes, Abraham. Abraham was given a promise. And the promise that God gave Abraham was, I will make you into a great nation. I will make you into a great nation. Now, when he said this, he said, I will be their God and you will be my people. God said, I am going to have a special relationship with you. Doesn't that sound great? Would you guys like to have a special relationship with God? God giving this promise to Abraham. Now, when Abraham got it and he was given this blessing, then there came a people called Israel. Have you kids heard of Israel before? All right, so that's the nation that God was going to create from Abraham. Now, when God created uh, this nation, he had a special relationship with them. He said, I will be your God. You will be my people. Well, they had a very special relationship. You know how you have a special relationship with your mom and your dad? They are, they are your parents. And when you have your parents, you follow your parents' rules, right? You don't have to follow necessarily somebody else's rules. You need to follow your parents' rules. Well, God had that relationship with Israel. He said, I want you to have this relationship with me. I want you to follow my rules. You guys know where to find God's rules? Now's where you participate, kids. The Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, it's the book for you and me, right? The Bible. We understand God's rules, specifically in the Torah. Can you kids say the Torah? The Torah. Torah, 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 right? Torah. The, uh, I got an eye roll from Renee. Thank you. The, uh, and the Torah was God's laws. And in God's laws, he had a very specific uh, way that he wanted the Israelites to live. Because he wanted to show the world, I have a special relationship with these people. They are special to me. I am their God and they belong to me. And so God wanted to have a special way to live and his rule books showed that. 
And one of the things was they had specific animals they couldn't eat. Specific animals. And one of those animals is actually on your blanket. And they were not allowed to eat certain animals. And these animals were, uh, if they were to eat them, they would be like just like all the other nations and all the other people. And God said, you are my people and you are special and you matter to me. You belong to me. And I want you to be distinct and unique. Does this make sense? All right. Oh, no. Well, okay. Let me keep trying, Eli. Thank you for your honesty. And so God, you, you know how... Well, never mind. I'll talk to you later about it. But some people have special diets, and they can't eat certain things. Well, that's just what it is for the Israelites. They have a special diet. And so, fast forward. We've heard of Jesus, right? What does Jesus do for us? Jesus dies on the cross for us. He tells us at the end of Matthew, he says, go therefore and make disciples of Help me out here. He make, make disciples of all nations. So wait a minute. There was a special nation, Israel, and now what does God want to do? He wants to make a special nation for... Every, he wants to make a new people. He wants to reach all nations. And so there was this really hard moment because after Jesus, there were people that the way they followed God was by wearing certain clothing, and eating certain food. And you couldn't be a follower of God if you didn't eat the right food and wear the right clothing. They separated themselves. And so they had a really hard time because suddenly God wanted His message. He says in Acts 1, Jesus says, I want you to go and, and I want you to share the good news and share the hope of the kingdom. I want you to go into Jerusalem and Judea and to Samaria into the very ends of the earth. The very ends of the earth. Are you guys still with me? Still tracking? They had a really hard time with this. Can you imagine welcoming kind of different people into your friend group? You know, it's a pretty exclusive elite club, I know. But God was saying, hey, everybody gets to be my people now. I want everybody to have a place with me and my family. Would you agree with me? That God wants to reach everyone? He wants to reach people who don't look like us? People who don't smell like us? Have you noticed that some people smell different than you? It's weird. I don't know how that happens. It happens though, right? I think we should talk about this a little bit longer, but... So Peter, you guys remember Peter? Peter was an apostle. Peter, he loved Jesus. Sometimes he messed up. But after Jesus' resurrection, I'll tell you what, the guy's a rock star. He's amazing. And he goes and he preaches and he loves people. And one of the, thing God, one of the things God does is Peter was on a roof. You guys hang out on the roof very much? I probably shouldn't encourage that behavior. But Peter is on the roof, and he's hungry. And he's like, man, he starts hankering for a meal, and he's hungry. And God puts him in a dream. 
And in that dream, a sheet rolls down from heaven. Oh, I have it upside down. That was supposed to be really well, you know, well organized there. And there was a sheet that rolls down out of heaven. And on that sheet is a picture of is all four-legged animals. And one of those animals on there, Addy, is a pig. And that was an animal that they couldn't eat. We love eating them because there's bacon, right? And, P- and Peter, he hears a voice that says, rise up, take and eat. And Peter wakes up from the dream. He's like, wait a minute. I'm not allowed to eat those animals. I'm not allowed to do that. And it happens again and again. And each time God says to him, go. That message was, and hear me on this kids, that message was, there is hope for everyone. There is hope for people to come and have a life with God. And because of that, you are here today. Because that cloud, or because of that cloth that fell down from heaven, because of that cloth, it gave Peter the, mo- uh, the realization and knowledge to know that God's goodness and God's love is for everyone, for the whole world. And from that moment on, he goes and he preaches a message to a guy named Cornelius. And from then on, the message goes not just to Jews, but to Gentiles too. People who ate all sorts of four-legged animals. And they got to be part of God's family. So you, children, look at me. Get to be a part of God's family because a sheet rolled out of heaven and it showed a bunch of different animals to let you know that you have a place in God's family. Did that work? Thanks. Let's pray. God, we love you, and I thank you for these amazing kids. And I hope that we would know that we have a place in your family. That we are loved, that we are treasured by you. And that your message can go forth in our lives. That we can share with people who don't fit in, who aren't like us, who don't have a place in the world, that they can have a place with you. So help these wonderful kids know that there's something special about them, something wonderful about them. They're loved by you, that they have a place in your family. And I'd ask God that you would help them to share that with their classmates and with their teachers, that you'd help them each day to be encouraged to know that they have a life in you. We love you and we thank you and we praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. This is actually a perfect sort of uh, thing for the rest of my message. Um, I realize I took a long time there, so you guys got a half hour more. And uh, no, but I'll 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 make sure we get what needs to be said. Uh, your son just did like a George Costanza, oh the humanity sort of thing, or not George Costanza, but his dad Frank Costanza. Uh, anyway, Seinfeld digression there. Uh, uh, this morning I want to talk to you about. The Lord refreshing our soul. Uh, the, the Lord is our, our shepherd and he refreshes us and he renews us. Uh, we spend a lot of time 
uh, in, um, we spend a lot of time in the world, and we know uh, that there are a lot of people who are struggling, a lot of, uh, a lot of difficulty, a lot of things that we face uh, just as Christians, and we look at the world and trying to minister to it. And so this morning, I just want to ask a simple question, what refreshes our soul? And I know because we're in church, we know the right answers to all of the questions. Is God, Bible, or Jesus? And we know that Jesus is the one who refreshes us. That Jesus is the one who cares for our soul. We know this to be true. I uh, read an article uh, not too long ago about 6,000 sheep that were stranded in the French Alps. It was back in September. There was a like, sort of spontaneous storm out of nowhere where there were 20 inches that uh, of snow that fell, and there were 6,000 sheep that were stranded. And so they went into a rescue operation, and they brought in thousands of pounds of hay to feed the sheep, and they, uh, once the snow melted, they were able to lead them to safety and get them home. A.W. Tozer said a long time ago, he said, a field left on its own, a field left on its own will always turn back to forest. It will always turn back to forest. If there's not someone tilling it and caring for it and sowing the seeds, it's always going to return to the forest. I love watching um, uh, uh, Fixer Upper. I hear that it's coming back. Uh, so, you know, I'm so thrilled that we have something that, to watch again on television that brings about hope of restoration and renewal. It's a show all about taking something that's fallen apart and broken and giving it a new vision, a new purpose, and, uh, and a, like it restores it and makes it beautiful. A house that's uninhabited will so, uh, soon fall apart. And what I see in the world is a lot of people who don't have ownership. The sort of emptiness in, that's within them, and their souls are hurting. I, um, I did a quick Google search on Amazon, or Amazon search for a book, a self-help book. And we live in a self-help culture, don't we? Where if there's a problem, then you should pull yourself up, right? And if you do an Amazon search for a self-help book, it will yield 100,000 results. And out of those 100,000 results, uh, you will see titles like, Think Better, Think Smarter, Life Will Be Better. So it's, it's my power in my head to restore myself. Or uh, if you are a big fan of Matthew McConaughey, I just have good news for you. There's, uh, he wrote a book, Green Light. Um, I'm going to start reading it because I think that we look alike and I think that I have promise uh, to be more like him. Um, so I think Green Lights will probably be a good manual and guide for me uh, to get where I want to be. Um, I appreciate that you are encouraging me in that with your laughter. So, um, but anyway, I've derailed. I know, but the whole the whole point is is that the self help world says that we are able to help ourselves, and so I want to take a step back and I want to ask a question: If the field left on its own returns or will always turn to forest, when we say self help is something that you and I can do to bring about better lives for ourselves, what I feel like we are actually saying is, is, that, is that the sheep can find their way home and that the dilapidated house can fix itself. 
that the sheep can find their way home, the dilapidated house can fix itself, and, question, and, and that, the field, that the field can be cultivated on its own. I know that there needs to be an outside actor, just as the outside actors and the shepherds who came into the lives of the sheep and fed them and cared for them and rescued all 6,000 of the sheep and brought them home. I know that there has to be outside influence in my life. And the question is, is who is influencing your life? Who has ownership of you? And I believe that when we say that the Lord is our shepherd, what we are saying is a declaration of who has the ownership of my soul. That when we declare that the Lord is our shepherd, that the Lord is our Savior, that the Lord is our King, we are saying, I am in possession of Jesus Christ. And He's in possession of me. We spend a lot of time in circles where Jesus can't be the answer. Because they get themselves in a lot of trouble. There will be people who get mad at them. They might lose their jobs. Sitting in, I'm sitting in administrator meetings or I'm sitting in uh, uh, DC, uh, DCS or whatever situations or whatever I might find myself in an opportunity to minister to people who have a hole in their soul, who are broken and are hurting. The message that they get is self-help. And I walk away from every single one of those meetings and I feel like we are asking the field to cultivate itself. That we're asking story about ownership. It's the world that there was a change in the story of the Gospel. And it was this moment in Acts 10 where suddenly Peter realizes that all people can be owned by God. That all people have someone who's rescuing them and saving them. And it actually fits perfect in some of the stuff that we need to look at this morning. I want to highlight Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel 36 tells, uh, tells the story of Israel. Israel 36 uh, tells of the Israelites who have wandered away, these people who are supposed to be God's special possession and special people. In 36.24, he says, For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all of the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all impurities and from all of your idols. I will cleanse you. I will help you. I will draw you out from all of this and I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart of st- I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be, care- uh, be careful to keep all of my laws. God's going to rescue the Israelites and He's going to rescue us within that. He's going to give us a new heart with a new way. We see in Acts, after if you turn to Acts chapter 3, Peter is preaching a sermon. This is before Acts 10 and the, and the cloth dropping down from heaven. This is G, uh, Peter preaching about Jesus. And he says in 
Acts 3.17, we'll start there. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that the times of refreshing may come from the Lord, that he may send the Messiah that has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Repent and turn that there would be refreshing of your soul. Refreshing of who you are. Repent and turn to Him. And then uh, if we uh, take a moment and we look, uh, let's, let's, jump to, let's jump to Revelation 21. God is making all things new. He says, uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, that if you are in Christ Jesus, you're a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And he says, uh, and, and uh, John says in Revelation 21, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as the bride, beautifully dressed for his husband or her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and He will dwell with them. And I want you to see this in 21.3. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. The story of the Bible is a God who wants to come and take possession of your heart. And He wants to make all things new. And He wants to reach every nook and cranny of His creation to give you a new heart and fill you with His Spirit. Who refreshes your soul? The Lord is our shepherd. He refreshes you. He renews you. He is renewing all things. The old will be gone and the new will come. There will be a new song in heaven. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. And there will be a new people. And it is you who are rescued and saved and have a place in the family of God. They will be His people. They will be His people. And God Himself will be with them and be their God. You have a place in a new heaven and a new earth because of God. And so the response is, who has ownership of you? Who do you belong to? Who is filling you, caring for you? Is He refreshing? When we lose our way, and we fall apart, and things get a little off track, we need to have the simple reminder that I am a child of God, and I belong to Him. So I want to ask for you to respond, maybe wherever you're at in your walk with God. But if you've never once declared that Jesus is Lord, that you want Him to be your shepherd. Now's the time to respond to that and do that.
I believe that the response to that then also calls that we would be baptized into Christ. The way Paul talks about baptism, he says it's to die to our old life and to rise up in a new life. To enter into that new life, we trust and we know that to be baptized into Christ, to be forgiven of our sins, and to be given the gift of the Holy Spirit. So Acts 2.38 teaches. So I'd ask all of us to say one thing, if that's where we're at in our walk with God, that He's calling on us to call Him our Lord and our Savior, that we would do that. Maybe you're like me, and you were baptized a long time ago. Maybe you just need a little reminder, the simple truth, that you are a new creation in Christ, and He has gone through such great lengths Seek you and save you and give you a place in his family. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to go and share the good news with others. Paul says you're a new creation and that the old has has gone and the new has come. What does he tell you to do in the rest of 2 Corinthians chapter 5? He tells you to go be ambassadors. Go and be ambassadors. Go and share the good news. Go and be ministers of reconciliation. Letting people know. Letting people know that wherever they come from, wherever they've been, whatever they've smelled like or found themselves in, they have a place in the family of God. You can go be ambassadors of Christ. You can go and share the good news that the Lord is your shepherd and you have everything you need in Him. You pray with me. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. and Thank you for uh, Addie bringing such an awesome illustration for us today. God, you use images all the time. You use an image for Peter to know that it was okay to do something new. To go to a people that were far away from him, and in his heart he was certain we're condemned to die. But God, you make all things new. You make us new. You refresh our soul. You minister to our hearts every day. So God, we know that we are helpless without you, so take ownership of our lives. Take ownership of us. Search our hearts and know our anxious thoughts. Know everything there is to know about us. Make our hearts new. Refresh your congregation today. Refresh this church family with your spirit. Give us new hearts. We walk with you in love and share the hope of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and life in your kingdom, of a new heaven and a new earth, and a new way moving forward. Give us that heart today, God. Soften us. Mold us and shape us as your people. Thank you for these kids and continue to bless and care for them and help them to know that they have a place in the family of God. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Can you stand in response with us?